It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Colorado offensive coordinator Sean Lewis provided some great insight on Shadur Sanders and Travis Hunter. I'll talk about that and more on today's episode of Locked On Buffs. You are Locked On Buffs, your daily podcast on the Colorado Buffaloes. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, everybody? This is Locked On Buffs. I'm your host, Kevin Borba. And today, we got an action-packed episode. We're talking about Sean Lewis and his praise for the two highly touted transfers out of Jackson State. We're going to talk about where Shadur Sanders is ranked in the Pac-12 as of right now, not by me, by someone else. And then we're going to talk a little bit about the Pac-12 media rights deal, which has been an ongoing confusing process. And I think it got a little more clarity, but also a little more confusing at the same time. So we'll we'll find out once we get there. Um, But before we do, I want to thank you guys for making Locked on Bus your first listen every day. Um, We're available wherever you get your podcasts, like always. Okay, let's dive right in. Um, Sean Lewis, the offensive coordinator, who was the head coach that came over from Kent State, um, left a head coaching job to be the coordinator for Coach Prime in Colorado. Uh, very renowned for his uh, very fast, I believe it was called fast flash offense. Um, one of the fastest offenses in the in the country, probably the fastest offense in the country. Um, and after one of the spring practices, he was recently asked about uh, Shadur and Travis and just how the offense was doing. And so when referencing Shadur, he said he's doing a really good job. He's done a really nice job with all those previous offenses. Cause if you guys don't know, this will be his third coordinator in third year that he's been a part of to be able to clear that terminology, learn this new terminology fresh so that he could process quickly. I think he's doing a really nice job. Um, I think that just goes to show you that, I mean, not a huge quote there, but me and John talked about it the other day. I think Shadur Sanders is, one of the smarter quarterbacks in college football. And I think he's, well, hello, had a light, nice little alarm there. I think he's kind of getting some, we're trying to, or excuse me, we're finally seeing what he brings to the table, both physically and mentally. And I think on the mental side, playing in three offenses in three years, you have to be extremely smart. to not only learn the offense quickly, execute the offense and then you kind of got to forget the offense because obviously you're bringing in new coordinators and stuff. So it's not that, um, it's not that easy to just go from offense to offense. And we saw it with um, a quarterback who I think um, a lot of people kind of forget about now, but at one point was extremely highly touted. Uh, Josh Rosen, he had a different coordinator offense every year and his numbers weren't the greatest. Um, He kind of, he showed potential, but again, like the change was too much for him. And so, so I think it kind of shows Shadur's mentality and his skill set that he could, jump into a new offense and just pick up right where he left off with his last one. Um, and if you guys didn't know, he threw for 70 touchdowns and over almost 7,000 yards um, these past two years at Jackson state. So excited to see what he could do in an offense that is extremely quarterback friendly. Um, but yeah, I think Sean Lewis knows what he's working with, with Shadur. He's got a huge arm, great, great capability of picking up the playbook and kind of guiding where everybody needs to go. And John keeps saying that in offense like this, you got to be like a point guard. And I think Shadur is someone who will already have the terminology locked down. And he probably, as soon as 
Sean Lewis was hired, had a, a playbook sent to him and learned that thing. Probably the next day, I feel like knowing just knowing what we've kind of heard about Shadur and his preparation. Um, he's worked with Tom Brady. He kind of is just, he understands the mental aspect of the game. And I think that's huge moving forward. Um, he also talked about Travis Hunter and Travis Hunter is someone who um, played receiver at Jackson state, but was recruited as uh, a five-star corner um, athlete, if you will. And everybody was saying that corner is where he's going to be. And we all knew like in the NFL, um, but he was going to play two ways for Coach Prime. Um, I personally questioned what his role would be, and I think we're going to continue to see, um, even with Coach uh, Lewis talking about his role, I think we're going to continue to see how big of a role he has on offense if he's playing on defense and the offense is as fast as it is. Um, because, one, you don't want him tired. Two, you don't want to take away from the def- his defensive um prowess not that it would affect him in any way because he's obviously a fantastic athlete and he's great great at both playing both sides of the ball but i was interested to see if he would actually be on like a snap count or if there'd only be like certain packages for him and let's let's take a look at what lewis said because i feel like what lewis is saying what coach prime are saying and like what we're hearing about travis hunter through these first few spring days is he has a pretty big role in offense um this is what Lewis said about Travis Hunter. He said he's going to be able to help us on both sides of the ball. He has a very unique skill set that's going to help the team in a lot of different phases. Offensively, he needs to do a great job just finding his route running because he's one of the freakiest athletes on any field he's ever stepped out. Now we're going to get on the field in a very competitive league with really elite DBs. And when he comes across a DB as a wide receiver where talent is equal, how are you going to win? That's that's where it comes down to techniques and fundamentals in your approach and work that and your work that you do as it continues, as he continues to train the right way, I think he's going to be able to add some value in all phases of the game. Of course, none of the fun stuff is going to happen without um, some work. I think that Travis, Shadur connection that we saw, uh, I wrote about it over at Athlon. They connected on like, what looked like a 40 to 50 yard pass. Um, Great throw. Great, excuse me. Great catch. Um, I think we're learning that Travis still has, he still has some learning, a learning curve to, to handle at Colorado. Um, I think that's no surprise though. I think everybody does even Shadur. Um, they got to learn the new offense um, for Travis new offense equals new offensive playbook and defensive playbook that he has to learn. And also he obviously when coach Lewis says he's got to refine his route running and stuff, I think maybe um, the wide receiver coach here kind of has preferences that maybe Travis wasn't um, doing, or maybe it's just, overall refining his skills but either way um it's exciting to see that lewis is talking about travis hunter and saying that he has a role in offense and so i think we already know that travis was going to be contributing on offense somewhat but i think if he's putting this this much expectations on young mr hunter that means his role is going to be pretty big um so that's exciting for colorado fans moving forward and i'll try to find any videos and stuff i could manage of these two because the first video I saw them, fantastic connection. Um, you could just tell that Shadur and Travis are close, and I think on the field and off the field, they will have a great relationship. And on the field, it can help lead to a lot of wins. Um, before we move on, it is the uh, the tournament is heating up now, and now is the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook app, or sportsbook. Because new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Then you can bet on everything from money line to point scores and threes drained. 
Plus, FanDuel even lets you combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with the same game parlay. So don't miss a chance to get your no sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets. And when you go to FanDuel.com slash locked on, that is FanDuel.com slash locked on to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, especially during March. Your eyes are on the road, but the driver in front of you has both eyes on their bracket. Their sudden braking puts you in a 16-car pileup that's anything but sweet. And if you don't have the right auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this is worse than a busted bracket. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability, savings vary. Official sports betting partner of the NBA. Okay, now we got to talk about Shadur Sanders. Um, I, extremely high on him. Coach is extremely high on him. Um, I think some of the national media is pretty high on him as well. Um his arm strength is one of the best in the country. He obviously is a very savvy quarterback when it comes to um, the cerebral part of football. Uh, but 24-7 sports is – let me get the name real quick so we all know. Raymond Lucas Jr., he ranked the Pac-12 quarterbacks. And so it was Pac-12 football quarterback rankings 2023. And so he ranked all 12 of them, the projected starter. Well, I mean, for most of the programs, they already know who the starter is. But for Stanford, Cal – uh arizona state i guess you could argue and ucla um they are the only programs where it's kind of like a question mark but even then there's a favorite uh but he ranked excuse me the 12 pack 12 quarterbacks and shadur sanders came in at number seven um which ahead of names like Jaden delora uh freshman dante moore drew pine at arizona state and then sam jackson the fifth and then ari patu which are cal and stanford's quarterback respective quarterbacks um he says Shadur Sanders hasn't played a snap of FBS football and he's already incredibly, incredibly popular. Most of this has to do with his father and, and Colorado head coach Deion Sanders, but it's a product of the 40 touchdowns he threw last season at FCS Jackson state. We know that the SWAC isn't built of teams that had the talent of the, the JSU tigers, but arm talent and good decision tend to translate to the power five level. He possesses both. There will be growing pains for Sanders Sanders as there were for Washington State quarterback Cam Ward last season, but his talent shouldn't be overlooked. Sanders is a former four-star recruit and had an ex- extensive offer list coming out of high school. He was merely in the FCS ranks to play under his father. Sanders is going to be problematic at the Power 5 level, and he's been vocal about his love for Colorado's scheme and weapons, which only adds to the excitement for his debut against TCU. Now, I I ranked the quarterbacks a while back by tier. Um, I think ranking them by numbers hard because, one – we don't really know what to expect from like the bottom five in this list. Um, and I think it's more so I don't want to ranking them by number just means there has to be a one through 12. And like, I think it's easier or more fair to rank them by this group is proven. This group has potential and this group not proven. Um, so I ranked, I mean, I could tell you my rankings. I had Caleb Williams, Cam Rising, Bo Nix and Michael Penix as my top four. Um, and they were like the, the guys that could get you to the promised land. Those are the guys, most proven guys in the conference. Then I had DJ Uyunglele, um, Cam Ward, and then I think a Shadur and Jaden Delora. And those three were my, um, they were my wild cards because I think Jaden Delora, DJ and Shadur can all guide a team to success. Um, but they have a lot to work on, I guess, if you will, like DJ, had a decent year at Clemson, was still replaced by Kate Klubnik, and so now he has to kind of revamp his career, if you will. Shadur, different situation. Um, he's just moving up a level, and so I think that's 
excuse me, that's why he's a wild card. Um, because I think he's going to be really good. But again, who knows if the I, and this is just hypothetically speaking. I'm not saying this is going to happen. So relax in the comments. Um, but who knows if maybe he struggles a little bit at Colorado the first year. And so wild card, either he's going to boom or bust type of guy. And then Cam Ward, um, he was one of the top quarterback transfers this past, not this year, but the year prior. And he had some shining moments and then he had some moments where it's like, oof. And so I think those guys are my wild card guys. But I think Shadur at seven, I think if you're looking at it from what these guys have done right now, um, ahead of him, I think the only quarterbacks that I agree with because DJ's right ahead of him. And I think, I think he could be ahead of DJ. Um, if I'm being honest, I think DJ, while he does have the intangibles and he had some production, um, I just don't think he's proven it enough to be higher than Shadur, who's had more success just at a lower level. Um, Cam Ward, I think could also be right with or below Shador. Um, but I agree with Cam Rising, Bo Nix, Michael Penix, and Caleb Williams for now. Um, I'm not saying that'll be the same, but I think Shadur at seven is a little low. Um, I think he could easily be up to five right now. And this is just preseason rankings. Um, I think he has potential to be in the top three, top two. It's just going to take time. And we haven't seen him play yet. And so seven is interesting. Um, I don't know if I would put him at there. I think I had him. If when I ranked them, I think I had him at five or six. Um, and this is just solely based off of one, the top three are really good. Um, you got Caleb Williams, Michael Penix, Heisman contenders, um, Heisman winner and contender. Bo Nix could have been a Heisman contender if, excuse me, if Oregon stepped it up quicker this past season and didn't have that loss to Georgia, he probably would have been in that conversation. And then Cam Rising is just a proven vet. Um, so it's hard to like, it's hard to just like, bump one of those guys down but i think shadur has potential to be to do that um so shadur sanders comes in at number seven i think he should be higher i think he could end up higher um i think it'll be interesting to see obviously at the when, when things are all said and done where shadur ends up um and where this colorado team ends up because one they have a lot of new faces he has shadur has a lot of new weapons to work with he's got jimmy horn who's been a standout um, Xavier Weaver from USF, who was one of USF's all-time best receivers, Travis Hunter. Um, they got Jordan Craig. Excuse me. I don't know why I was blanking on his name. Jordan Tyson. Um, not Jordan Craig. I combined the two. Jordan Tyson. Um, so they, he's just got a lot of weapons to work with. And I think I think people are kind of nervous to give Shadur the, the – um, the pre- prefer- preferential treatment right now. Um, but he's got guys like Montana, Lamonius, Craig returning, Chase Soul, Jordan Tyson, um, Ty Robinson, and then obviously the guys I mentioned who are coming from the portal. And maybe they add another portal guy um, from Jackson State and Shane Hooks. Um, so Travis or Travis Hunter, I mean, he'll be there too. Shadur Sanders is going to have weapons, and I do think he, he could easily exceed these this rank of number seven um, because that's not even – I feel like at a minimum, he's one of the best top. He should be in the top half, I guess is what I'm saying. Um, so Shadur, excuse me, Shadur Sanders. I think he'll exceed number seven. I think he has the weapons to do so. Um, it'll be interesting to see where he ends up after the conclusion of the season or even, even in year one. I think it'll be interesting to see where he ends up just because 
I'm at the conclusion of like the first few weeks. I mean, not year one. That's the end of the season. What am I talking about? Um, because they got a tough first month and a half. And so I think we'll kind of be able to tell how good Shadur is immediately. Obviously, there's going to be growing pain. So you don't want to judge him based off the first four weeks. But I think we're going to see how good he could really could be. Um, because if he lights it up against some of the tougher teams, then he's going to have to skyrocket up these rankings. So very excited to see what Shadur, what's in store for Shadur. And I think... Sean Lewis kind of hyping him up and everybody's been talking about how good he's been doing. I think good things are in store. Um, now we got to talk about the PAC 12 media rights deal. It's been a popular subject as of late because the PAC 12, um, we basically know that they're sticking together. Um, but we don't know what the deal is, um, with their media rights situation. So, Let's go back to, I think it was two weeks ago, maybe last week. I don't remember. We'll go within the last two weeks. The Big 12 was basically saying that they're coming for the four corner schools, so Colorado, Arizona, Arizona State, and Utah. And then they were going to poach them as soon as the deal wasn't as good as they'd hoped. And then reports came out that the Pac-12 was fine. And then the Big 12 again was like, we're coming for you. We're going to poach you. And then we actually got confirmation from Utah Arizona and Arizona state that they're staying true to the PAC 12. They will not be leaving for the big 12 and that they, they weren't having discussions with the big 12, which we all know that last part, maybe a little, maybe a little stretch of the truth because we knew there were some conversations, but we had three of the four corner schools kind of come out and be like, we're staying in the PAC 12. Um, we're all in. And then the PAC 12 was reportedly super close to having a deal. And then yesterday, um, so Wednesday, March 22nd, Andrew Marchand, um, reported that um, the Pac-12 is not nearly as close as people were kind of alluding to. Um, they were supposed to have a meeting on Tuesday, but the meeting was rescheduled to Wednesday. And so on a recent episode of Marchan and RN, the sports media podcast uh, by the New York, I believe they're both in the New York Times, um, Marchand said ESPN is not close to a deal with the Pac-12. Oh, let me go back. ESPN and Fox were also reported as players along with Amazon and Apple. And then people were refuting the Fox part. And so it's getting, it's just like a back and forth ping pong match of whose sources are saying what, but either way it says ESPN is not close to a deal with the PAC 12. Amazon is interested, but only at their number. And I'm not getting a feeling that something is imminent with them. Apple is someone we've mentioned. I wrote a story a couple of weeks ago as possible as a possibility. Apple does sort of seem to fit what they want to do. So PAC 12 to Apple. Um, cool. Maybe. And then he continued saying, um, it is possible. This is about Apple. It is possible that they could have a secret deal and it's coming out soon. I guess that's possible. There's no indication. I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that. I think they take forever. They took forever with the NFL. So I don't think they're going to jump for the Pac-12. But I will say that if you're going, if you're talk, if you're, if you talk about money and where the Pac-12 possibly could get it, I'd say Apple is the place that would be willing to pay them money. But that definitely, they definitely want to want all in. Um, everything, everything from the Pac-12 would go to Apple. I'm not saying that's happening, but it's if it's not any of those three, I'm not sure where they're going. It's a dicey situation for the Pac-12. And then, so obviously, then they, the article continues to talk about how the four corner schools are backing out. So I think what we're gathering here is, one, I think if I had, like, just dissecting the, contra- the contradictoriness of Fox, I think Fox Sports is either out or they're not really... Like they need a better number to come back in. I saw that maybe Fox would be interested in coming in for a lesser price. Um, the Pac-12, I, I think if I had to guess what their deal would be, it'd be ESPN and a combination of 
probably Apple, an ESPN Apple combo. And that'd be a great deal for the Pac 12. Um, be a great deal for Colorado because one, the pa- we have to think of the Pac 12 network. Nobody was watching that thing. Um, I worked there. Uh, I was a production assistant, so I was making all the highlights that people were not watching. Um, I was making all the game highlights and all that stuff. Um, but it packed well, the Pac-12 network was not really accessible. You had to have special TV packages, and it just it was hard to find. Um, Apple, most people have Apple. If you don't, you're missing out on great shows like Ted Lasso. Um, this, this episode of Lockdown Bus is brought to you by... No, I'm just kidding. Just love Ted Lasso. Um, but either way, uh, people will get Apple. It's cheaper to subscribe to Apple for, I think it's $10.99 a month or like $13.99 a month. Um, Apple has experienced this is a good deal for the Pac-12, really, because Apple's already worked out the kinks. Um, they have the MLS deal. They did some NFL stuff. And if honestly, in terms of like the Pac-12 and Apple working together, you could find a way to merge the Pac-12 network and have them work under Apple or whatever it may be. Um, but the deal, I think, would make a lot of sense for the Pac-12. Apple is already kind of established in the sports world. Most people, I feel like, have it or would be willing to get it um, because you know where the games are going to be. Uh, I think I think that sounds like a dumb thing to say, but I think honestly, accessibility is important and the Pac-12 hasn't always been accessible as of late. And so having your programs, your favorite program be accessible, huge. Um, and then I think ESPN, uh, every, someone's going to take Pac-12 after dark. That Unfortunately, the Pac-12 like pigeon held themselves into playing their games at like 1030 Eastern time. But Pac-12 after dark is the the staple of the Pac-12 and someone's going to want to televise it. And someone like ESPN, who always wants and needs uh, programming, will gladly hop on um, the Pac-12 after dark train. I think ESPN's kind of just I mean, everybody in this deal is trying to get the best deal for themselves. That's not a hot take by any means, but. I think ESPN just trying to work the numbers, work work the Pac-12 a little bit. Um, I did see one suggestion that was interesting, and at first I thought it would be a good deal, but then I don't know. It depends. Uh, Pac-12 football on Fridays. Um, I don't, at first I was for it because I was like, yeah, the Pac-12 will have the deal, the day to themselves. Um, maybe the the MAC I think probably plays on the MAC plays on like Tuesdays and stuff, so who knows where they play? I think they play. Um, there is football Monday through Friday, basically. Um, but then I was thinking about it. It's like all the recruits will be missing the games because they're all going to be having their own games. Um, and fr- the Friday slot just maybe, unless it's like the best game of the week, like it's like Pac-12 game of the week, and it's like USC versus Utah or Colorado versus USC, that'd be exciting. That'd get a lot of attention um, from the fans. I think fans will watch football regardless of where it is. Um, but I think being on Saturday would probably be more of a priority but I do like if it's going to be Friday, it's got to be a game of the week situation. Like don't put Washington state Cal on Friday and then expect to have blow up numbers. Cause people are going to go out. People are going to do their things on Friday nights, but I guess all of this is just alluding to the PAC 12 is maybe not as close as we previously thought they were to a deal. Um, the deal it's between four outlets right now. It's ESPN, Apple, Amazon, Fox, um, and we know that the four corner schools are loyal to the Pac-12. I think, again, it's just a matter of time. And the Pac-12 has really been milking this whole thing. And then I don't know if it's because they thought they were going to get a massive number earlier or if they're just trying to play the game and see what happens. But what we do know is the Pac-12 taking some time for this deal. Um, we also know that Sean Lewis is hyped for Shadur Sanders, as you guys should be. I mean, Shadur Sanders could be one of the best quarterbacks in the country. And then 
he's ranked a little low by 24 seven sports, but I think he could exceed that rankings. Um, I want to thank you guys for making locked on bus your first listen of every day. Um, for your second listen, check out our brand new podcast, locked on college basketball experts, Isaac Shad and Andy Patton, bring you everything you need to know on and off the court. Plus here for big name experts, coaches, and players throughout the basketball landscape, locked on college basketball is available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcast. We too here at locked on bus are available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcast. Make sure to like, subscribe, share, comment i appreciate the the comments and support um we love talking to you guys and we're excited for where the season will take us um have a great day um i will see you guys tomorrow on friday again locked on bus i'm kevin borba thank you guys for listening NCAA tournament is almost here and listening to Locked On College Basketball will give you the edge you need to dominate your bracket. So don't wait. Find Locked On College Basketball on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.